like so many others, who you are is largely a result of your past. We have so many positive and not so positive experiences that we start to doubt ourselves and our place in this world. Let the healing process start now. Welcome to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. When you start to focus on healing from the inside out, you'll learn so much more about your own health, your well-being, and your state of mind. Once you've started on that, the rest gets a little bit easier every day. Now, here is your host, Karin Weary, and this week's co-host. We are here on Shift Happens, where we are always looking for new ways of helping people, new different ways that will promote your physical health, your financial health, your emotional health, because we know, or I know from my experience of working with people in my field as a therapist, that what our mindset is, it, it, it totally can turn around where everything else in your life goes. So that goes for your physical health and especially in the t- situation where you are diagnosed with something that is very frightening, such as cancer. And today, we I am very fortunate to have with me a uh, repeat um, guest, Raven Keys, who is the author of... Um, of medical, oh, no, I'm sorry, who is the author of, um, oh my God, you know, I'm sorry, let's go ahead and just pause. So hello everyone, today we are on Shift Happens, where we are making all kinds of changes happen in the world, because we know that when we make a change in how we think and how we feel, then we uh, we change every part of our life, our financial health, our physical health, and our emotional health. And today I'm very fortunate to have a repeat guest, Raven Keys, who um, it does has started Medical Reiki, and she does training for it. And we also have Dr. Sheldon Mark Feldman, who is um, a... World-renowned breast oncologist, he is the chief of the Division of Breast Surgery and Surgical Oncology and Director of Breast Cancer Services at Montefiore Einstein Center for Cancer Care and the clinical arm of the NCI-designated Albert Einstein Cancer Center. Um, And what Raven Keys and Dr. Feldman are working on is to get research together to prove what Reiki does uh, in the process of helping people heal from all kinds of medical things, but in this particular case, um, cancer. Is that correct? Um, so how, how long have you um, been working with the medical Reiki? Uh, or when did that, found, that group start? Um, are you asking me? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, Well, it started, I think, about three years ago. I've been training people for the past three years. Okay. We're going into our fourth year now. So, um, yeah. And it started because I realized that I needed to train other Reiki masters to get ready for a future that Dr. Feldman and I have been dreaming about for a while now. And um, if, if... Dr. Feldman's research proves 
the power of um, medical Reiki in the operating room, because I think that's where we're starting with all this. Um, if there's nobody ready to go in and, and do the work, then what good, you know what I'm saying? It's like that would just be, everything would just come to a standstill. I'm, I, I can't do everything. I, I, we need other people. So now there's like pretty, there's an international group of people who have been trained and the training is going on. We have other, a whole bunch of other trainings coming up this year. Yeah. That's super exciting. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, Dr. Feldman, what was your first experience with Reiki and how uh, you incorporated that into the work that you do? Right. So it's been a, it's been a long uh, a long history. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it really originated from having conversations with patients, you know, who were who were newly diagnosed with breast cancer, mm-hmm. who were facing the prospect of having major breast cancer surgery, um, you know, typically a mastectomy. Um, and what a catastrophic experience that is for patients. And, you know, patients always ask, you know, what can I do to help prepare for this upcoming surgery? And often on the, in the medical side, we think about, well, you know, don't smoke, don't take blood thinners, um, you know, eat properly. But that's not really what patients are asking. You know, they're really trying to understand how to get ready for this monumental event that's about to happen in their lives. So when I have conversations with patients many years ago, over 20 years ago now, um, we begin to review different options that patients could consider to help them prepare. And energy healing uh, as a general term, and then, you know, more specifically Reiki began to emerge as a very, very valuable tool that really could help patients to get ready. So I began to work with Reiki masters and Reiki healers over the years, and I could begin to see that this was really a very useful approach for patients who were getting ready for surgery and immediately before surgery and even during surgery and after surgery, having the Reiki work happening really seem to enhance their outcome and really make their experience much, much better. So Raven and I have worked together for for many years. um, And, you know, it was selective where patients would, I would kind of get a sense that this might be a patient who was really open to this kind of modality, um, would really like this kind of work to help them get through their, their breast cancer surgery. And, you know, with, with time, as more and more patients experienced this, it became clear that this could be very useful. But one of the challenges was it wasn't really available to all patients. Hmm. Um, you know, insurance doesn't pay for it. Um, there's some healthy skepticism about maybe this isn't the best approach. Maybe there are other ways to do this. So that really led to um, a twofold project. One was, as Raven mentioned, her starting medical Reiki works with the idea that there was a tremendous demand for this kind of work for, for, for medical Reiki. And Raven took on, you know, the, the leadership role in beginning to train Reiki practitioners around the world to do this work. And parallel path is we've been developing, you know, what we consider to be the pivotal clinical trial. This will be a research trial, which really is going to be scientifically very, very rigorous. Um, 
that really will evaluate uh, whether Reiki, as opposed to usual care, leads to an improved outcome for patients. I mean, we have biases that we think that will be true, but I think at the end of the day, we're doing the study to be scientific and to really come up with objective outcomes. So that's sort of the, that's the big story that yeah. we've been working around to, uh, to move this forward. And we're happy to have an opportunity to speak to people about this and, and, and share what we think is very, very important. And uh, we're looking forward to, to getting the, the answer uh, yeah. from this study and, and to expanding the work. Absolutely. Well, and obviously, one of the biggest factors when you are faced with a diagnosis such as cancer, that is the fear factor. I mean, what's going to happen to me? What, what, you know, how am I going to survive? What are the treatments going to be? How painful is it going to be? And and I think that's what, to me, is, Dr. Felma, what you were referring to with regards to people want to know what, how to get prepared for this. There's all the, the you know, kind of particular things that, that a doctor would say, like those things, but then there's the whole emotional part. Right, right, yes. right. I, mean, I think a great a analogy, you know, and, and, and Raven did some really interesting work with, with heart transplant surgery, you know, with Dr. Oz, you know, a long time ago now. Um, but the analogy that I use for patients, which I think is so meaningful, is that obviously if someone has a heart transplant, you know, the biggest danger medically is that if, if someone rejects the heart, you know, then the patient dies. Right. And that can happen. That's a real risk of heart transplant surgery. So you think about on an emotional, spiritual level, what does that mean to have a heart transplant? Well, it means someone's going to, like, cut your heart out and put someone else's heart in your body. Well, that's, like, a huge deal. Yeah. So if you could come up with a way to really thank your heart for keeping you alive all these years, um, and then say goodbye to your heart and welcome the new heart into your body in, in a way, you know, that's, that's, that's healing and lovely, then maybe the chance of rejecting it would be less. And, and, and I think that Reiki work has the possibility to help patients achieve that kind of, you know, emotional understanding and, and mind-body connection that perhaps reduces the rejection. And in fact, it appeared, again, it wasn't a, a very, very big study, but that patients who had had Reiki around the time of their heart transplants, you know, had, had a, didn't reject their hearts. So that was pretty, so that kind of, I think, gets the message out a little bit. Yeah. Losing a breast is obviously different, but I mean, for, for a woman to lose a breast, what does that mean psychologically, emotionally, sexually, in terms of womanhood, all those things. So, you know, being able to really, on a, on a very deep personal level, to work, do that work, and I've helped doing that work, I think it makes sense that it could be really, really meaningful and helpful for patients. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and I know that one of the big factors when it comes to fear and stress is, is cortisol. And, and I'm not a medical person, but I know <laughs> that cortisol does a lot with regards to, um, you know, long term, it, you, it causes a lot of damage if it's, you know, constantly chronically high and from stress and whatnot. And I could imagine also during the surgery, in, you know, could cause problems as well in some <clears throat> some way shape or another right no i think you're absolutely right on stress is not good <laughs> never <laughs> not long term anyway <laughs> just to get us out of a particular situation so 
one thing that I wanted to say in regard to that is that it seems to be that when um, Reiki is introduced to a person, Mm -hmm. it seems to stimulate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the opposite of the fight or flight. And then the the patient, uh, the the doctor's patient will go into a, a, a relaxed state. And when they're in that relaxed state, they can receive the treatment that the doctors are giving to them. And it, and it just seems to, it's like two hands holding each other. Yeah. This is the way I've been experiencing the work that Dr. Feldman and I have been doing. Like we've been living integrative medicine, traditional and non-traditional coming together. Mm-hmm. And what we've seen has yeah. been really beautiful. Yeah. I was just going to say the same thing. It sounds really beautiful. That whole, like you said, being able to be receptive of this as rather than being something that's really scary and it's going to be painful that, okay, it is, but that's temporary and it's going to help my body do what it needs to do to keep me going. So, yeah, so Raven, uh, Dr. Feldman mentioned uh, briefly how uh, there's this other process of how is medical Reiki, is it, or is it different than when you're providing, you know, Reiki in your everyday practice that's not related to the medical side? Reiki is Reiki. Mm-hmm. And the medical Reiki is really um, learning, like I teach these Reiki masters, I don't teach anybody unless they're a master because it's a lot of energy. It's a lot to go through as a practitioner to all of a sudden be in a surgery situation with all these moving parts. You know, there are people that are doing all these things. You have to really remain calm and know what's happening around you. And so that that's what medical Reiki actually is. It's like, um, having somebody in your uh in your surgery that knows what they're doing and what's what how to work with the people around them yeah yeah Yeah, i mean it it can be uh you know for for a new uh, reiki practitioner who hasn't been in the operating room before you know it can be a little bit of a hostile environment Mm -hmm. you know i mean operating rooms are you know they're patient-centered and that we're geared to doing procedures that will have safe medical outcomes, but they're not patient-centered in terms of the actual experience. You know, when a patient gets into the operating room, there are all these checklists and things that have to be done. Which operation are we doing and which side of the body? You know, there's not a lot of healing kind of uh, stuff going on. So that's really been, and you know, sometimes the anesthesiologists or the nurses are like, well, who is this Reiki person? Why are they here? You know, are they credentialed? You know, do they have a PPD? I mean, you know, there's like, a lot of detail and minutiae that goes into kind of the vetting, but actually one of the best things I think about having a Reiki healer in the operating room is that it really, it resets the whole environment. It Mm. resets the whole stage, you know, often, you know, the patient knows obviously what's happening. The nurses who are assisting don't, the medical students don't. The residents don't. So this is an opportunity for them to learn about, well, healing is more than putting a patient to sleep in the operating room with anesthesia and doing a procedure and waking them up. You know, we're all there together working as a team to help to benefit this patient. And it actually elevates things quite a bit in terms of the environment for the team. 
in addition to the patient. It just really changes the dynamic to think about the operating room, you know, as, as a healing center, as opposed to sort of a mechanical place where procedures happen, you know, and it's kind of like a sterile, very tight uh, environment. And I think that's really phenomenal. The students and residents, I mean, they have loved being, seeing this and being part of it and understanding what Raven's doing. And really, it's been very thought-provoking for them. And it just really, it changes the game a bit, you know. So I think that's really a fantastic part of it. But the flip side, as Raven was saying, is that, you know, you have to teach people, you know, not to get flustered. And you have to make sure that, some, you know, some people in the operating room, there's blood, you know, they may not be comfortable in that environment. You know, things can happen, you know, urgent things can happen during the surgery. So we, we can't have people freaking out, you know, because we don't want to have new patients. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, it's really a very, it's a very nice um, dynamic in terms of, you know, bringing together, you know, traditional medical surgical approach, you know, with, with energy healing with Reiki. I mean, I think it just is really a beautiful, a beautiful model for the future. And I, you know, and I think what, what I'm finding is that there are a lot of um, sort of closet Reiki people you know, in the healthcare system, mm -hmm. you know, like nurses who've taken some courses, they may not be masters, but they're all really very simpatico with the idea of, yeah, we want to be healing, we want to be healers. We don't just want to be technicians. We don't just want to be doctors or nurses. We want to use all those modalities for the benefit of our patients. So it's a way of really changing the landscape in a way that I think is really, really exciting. Yeah, yeah, and I can imagine, I mean, on the person who's doing the Reiki, how they need to really, truly work on getting very grounded in themselves to, like you said, not get flustered by the environment and everything that's going on. And I could also imagine, and Raven and I, last time when, when we did an interview back in December, that we talked about how the energy doesn't go just only into the person that you're doing Reiki to, it, it, it goes to the whole room, because... Um, yeah, I've, I've went been through my own Reiki one level one um, training, and I just remember how because there were five of us all together, and how all this Reiki going in this room, it just was so relaxing. So I could imagine that you guys, you know, the doctors and nurses and techs, you know, would also maybe feel a little bit more relaxed in a way. <laughs> Have you ever noticed that, Doctor Feldman? <laughs> I think it makes the environment a better environment for sure. I think the other thing I wanted to say. Well, that, you know, as you probably know, you know, the work obviously starts, the Reiki work starts before the operating room. So very often when we'll meet with our patients right before the surgery in the preoperative area, um, so Raven may have already started, you know, to do Reiki on the patient, but often in that environment, there'll be family and friends. And I've observed, I feel like I've kind of like walked in on you know, the session that's going on and like the families and the friends are all like relaxed. I mean, just, you know, it's, it's, it's quite impressive, you know, that all of a sudden you like pull back the curtain and behind that curtain is like a group of people who, you know, one of whom are their loved ones about to have surgery and everybody's very like chill and, you know, it's like, did they get a drug or something? <laughs> I don't remember, but it, it, it's pretty impressive. So I think it's the same thing, right? That it's obviously, you know, more of a, more of a group event. And yeah. um, it just refocuses things. You know, what drives me crazy in healthcare a little bit, you know, the nurses, I mean, look, what is nursing? I mean, what a noble profession, right? You know, these men and women who do this work are, are, are phenomenal. 
but they get so bogged down on all the like technical details are on the computer. And the patient may be waiting an hour or two to have their surgery. And during that time, you know, it's filling out all the forms on the computer, making sure all these things, that would be like a great opportunity, right? To be able to do some, some healing, whether they have Reiki skills or, you know, they're taught Reiki skills or there's a Reiki master there. You know, you get into the sort of nuances of how do you, you know, make this really widely available and how do you really change the healthcare culture in a way that this becomes just an integral part of it. I mean, I think that's really where we want to wind up. Yeah, and I think that's a beautiful point right there. And if we zoom out again and get the larger picture, picture what it, this really is all about. So after these short messages, you just want to hang on because we'll be right back with more. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to karinw at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. All right, we are back. Thank you for tuning back in here with us on Shift Happens. Today, I am honored to have with me two distinguished people, guests, uh, Dr. Feldman, and uh, who is the oncologist. She, he is, uh, I'm sorry, Chief Division of the Division of Breast Surgery and Surgical Oncology and Director of the Breast Cancer Services in Montefiore Einstein Center for Cancer Care, and Raven Key, who is the author of The Healing Power of Reiki, which is how I first got to know about Ra uh, Raven um, as I was learning more about Reiki. And since then, I have learned about how... Um, Dr. Feldman and Raven Keys have together uh, started this foundation called Medical Reiki Works in order to raise money for research and so that this can become more of an established part of um, the how 
medical care is, is taken care of as long as people, as the patients, are, would like to have that as part of their care. So, uh, Dr. Feldman, just before we uh, ended the first segment, you mentioned something about how really this is something that you would like to see becomes more, um, maybe stepping a little bit away, if at all possible, from all the technical doing paperwork part and be able to spend a little bit more time, you know, doing more of the healing, connecting work with the patients. Was that what you were talking about? Did I get that? Yeah, I think it's, um, look, there are lots of different modalities and, you know, human kindness itself without any special skill is certainly, you know, super important, just having compassion, right? Absolutely. Um, but I think, you know, it, it, it's become a little bit undervalued, unfortunately. And, you know, everybody is so busy just kind of getting through their day and their task. And, you know, it seems that, you know, working in a healthcare environment, um, you know, it really has to be more elevated than just getting, getting the job done. You know, what's really interesting, and I think the time is so right for this kind of work, is that um, people are trying very hard to come up with metrics for measuring quality of health care. I mean, you, you, I'm sure you, you see and read about how much money we spend in the United States on health care compared to other countries in terms of a percentage of our gross national, national product. Yep. And yet, care is not necessarily better. The outcomes are not really better, and we're spending more money. So, so that's not good, right? Right. right. So, so the quality metrics, though, uh, are changing. So for surgery, the typical quality metrics would be things like, did the patient develop an infection, which of course is super important. Did they bleed? Did they need a, a blood transfusion? Did they have pain? Was their pain not well controlled? So those are things that can be measured to a certain extent, but actually the most important quality metric, which has now been elevated, is something called patient reported outcomes or PROs. Hmm. What that is, is really what, is, what was the patient's experience? Hmm. That's very, very highly valued now, valued at the level where actually institutions, hospitals, and physicians' reimbursement will begin to be linked to that, where patients who have better experiences um, will be, you know, the, the institutions will be rewarded financially for providing a better experience for a patient. Mm. So that's a big change. And what that means is that as patients go through surgery, if they have a lot of anxiety, if their pain's not well controlled, if just the interpersonal connections they have, the, the interactions with medical staff are not really positive, not really healing, that will be valued in an important way. So that's why I really think that modalities like Reiki are so important you know, to be introduced at this point in time, because clearly it seems to me but this is a modality that will actually greatly improve the patient experience and thus the patient reported outcomes will be better. So I think this will become much, much more highly valued by doctors and healthcare systems in the future. So it's a, so it's a new day. You know, I think it's really exciting from that point of view. Yeah. 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 What do you think about that, Dr. Uh, uh, Raven? Um, well, I, th I totally agree. Um, uh, one thing that we have to have is, um, and, and this is why the research is so important, medical insurance has to start paying for, for medical Reiki. And um, 
so the research project hopefully is going to show um, enough and then be published in a, a, a medical journal and, and, that, and so on and so on. I know that it's a long process, but in the end, that's what will really have to have, will, will have to have happen because not everybody can afford um, to pay the practitioners to come in. It's, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot to go through, you know, and um, it's, anyway, the reason that I'm doing all the training besides is that what I'm trying to do is create a new profession like there's going to be this professional standard that people um, live up to and they operate under and follow the protocol that's set up for them to work in the operating room. And it's true that this can be used in a lot of different ways, um, but the operating room, it, it just always comes back to that for me because that's the place where the most it's the most intense for, for the practitioner. The rest of it is relatively easy <laughs> compared to being in the OR with all that goes on in there. Yeah. But the really great thing about Reiki too is this um, medical Reiki, what do we need? We don't need any equipment. We're not making any sounds. We're not like causing any disturbances. A lot of times like we'll just disappear. Like surgeons have said, I forgot you were there because we're like behind the sterile field and um, it's just our hands. Yep. Yeah. It's very yeah. handy. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Interesting, you know, because I've, you know, so I've, I guess Raymond and I have worked together enough where, you know, to me, when, when there's a Reiki healer in the operating room, so one of the typical things that a surgeon will say during surgery, you know, after, let's say, some time has passed, kind of ask the anesthesiologist, how is the patient doing? And I kind of gotten in the habit of not asking the anesthesiologist, but asking Raven, how is the patient doing? Which I think... <laughs> The anesthesiologists actually who work with me, they kind of get it. It's like, how is the patient doing? Like blood pressure, vitamins, you know, blah, blah, blah. But how is the patient really doing? You know, <laughs> like a different question. Yeah. yeah. Is, so the other thing I wanted to, to add um, was that, you know, we've talked a lot about the operating room and, and you know, this pivotal trial study that we're going to do is going to address this particular area of clinical uh, work. But, you know, I've seen tremendous I mean, chemotherapy, I mean, patients are scared to death of chemotherapy, particularly if their first session or, you know, they've heard all these things about chemotherapy. Um, they're really like dreading, maybe sometimes even more than the operating room because they know in the operating room, they're going to be asleep, right? They know that they're going to get some good drugs and they're going to drift off and hopefully they wake up and like, oh, did that happened. Oh, that's good. It's over, right? Yeah. yeah. But, you know, chemotherapy, you know, they're there, right? And they're experiencing it and they're getting an IV or they're getting the drug started and, you know, kind of the smells and the environment. And, you know, it's just, it's like a cancer environment, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's a really, really amazing um, situation where Reiki can really, really help patients. And, you know, Raven's helped a lot of my patients in that setting. Yeah. Um, and that, you know, we're not, we, have, we have not chosen to study it uh, with this particular trial, but I think that would be another valuable subset of patients to actually, that'll be our second, maybe our second study once we finish this first one. Yeah. I do think it's really important. 
Yeah. So Raven, what is your experience there? What do you, um, you go with them while they're having chemotherapy or prepare them before, or how do you do that piece? No, I, well, it, usually I go with them mm. um, unless there's an extreme situation for me not to be able to go for whatever reason, yeah. scheduling, whatever. But I um, usually make my schedule, I build my schedule around what needs to happen in mm-hmm. these these situations and it really does make a huge difference I mean I look around and I see what's going on with everybody meanwhile what what I'm doing with uh, Dr. Feldman's patient is like I'm, I'm giving them Reiki but and they're, it's they're relaxing into it but I also can tell them things you know like um, breathe and let the medicine see it healing you see it healing you, feel how it's, it's changing everything. It's just getting rid of all the sickness inside you. It's light. It's light. It's beautiful. And it, it really does make a difference. And I have to say that what um, I've noticed, I think Dr. Feldman must, ha- ha- must notice it as well, is that the patients don't get as sick. Like when they're getting... Um, Reiki during chemotherapy, I've like gone to really serious chemotherapy, like people that were so ill. And um, the, so the level of drugs they were getting were really intense and they didn't get sick. Like maybe they got tired a few days later. Right. And then, but that was it. Wow. And, yeah. That would didn't, be amazing. Uh, yeah. Because yeah. mm-hmm. just hear how sick people they get and to be able to just take that away so they're just a little tired I can take that (laughs) yeah that would be amazing and also I I like how you build in the visualization because we know how powerful the mind is and how you know um, people who do like professional sports and and athletes and whatnot they use um, visualization and and to help them perform better and such so Mm -hmm. so I like how you build that in is that also, do you do that part? Um, it sounded as though that's partially what you do also when you prepare before surgery is to um, almost have a whole ritual of saying goodbye to if, if there's, you know, something that's going to be cut, cut out and cut away or you do you have a whole scenario or kind of a protocol, if you will. Uh, I wouldn't say that I have a specific protocol for that. And it's not always something that the people around the family feels comfortable with. Mm -hmm. But sometimes they really do want that. And, um, you know, I've I've just been there when grown sons were like weeping and crying and saying thank you to their mother's breasts, you know, because that's what fed them when they were little children. It's a little, you, you just have to hold on. You know what I mean? It's like <laughs> there's all this emotion and all this stuff that can go on. But in the end, it has a, a result, I feel. I mean, it's like it's done, you know, like there's this real honoring of yeah. life. Yeah. To honor life means a lot. It really changes the dynamic of what goes on between everybody that's involved in this whole saving of a life. 
I mean, I am so in awe of Dr. Feldman. Like, he is such a great doc- um, surgeon. Sorry, I don't want, I hope you don't mind my saying this, Dr. Feldman. But it's like, you know, to ha- be so brave and to really care so much about human beings that you're brave enough to pick up a scalpel and, like, cut out what's, what's bad with them so they can live. And, you know, for me, I just want to make sure that that patient is able to receive this great blessing, you know, by giving them this power during the surgery. And there all, there's all this spiritual energy that comes into the room. It's pouring in. And, of course, it's going to work. You know what I mean? Like some things we might, may never be able to prove. Like how are we going to prove that there are angels in the operating room? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's that would be interesting. Yeah. Got any thoughts, Dr. Feldman? <laughs> I don't, but I think you know. I think what um, what Raven was saying about you know being brave to be a surgeon. You know what it really is. I mean, the the fundamental, I think, belief that you have to have, and it's not just being a surgeon; it's obviously just being alive. Is that you have to really you know, revere the, the majesty of life and the, the ability of the body to heal. Mm. As surgeons, we're, you know, we rely on that. You know, we, 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 we do these surgeries and we have faith that the body will heal. Yeah. And it does. But it's really, it's a testimony to that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Interesting, interesting to think about. I know. You know, I, I, I you know, I experienced... Early in my training, the value of non-traditional approaches to healing, you know, it was through a very painful experience when my sister was diagnosed with stage four breast cancer when she was 35. And, you know, she passed a few years later, but she really did try, she had three small children, and she really tried very, very hard to stay alive, to do everything that she could. Mm. What I could really, and I spent a good amount of time with her when she was going through that, what I could observe was you could really see the value of mind, body, energy, healing, Reiki, um, things that she would not, normally not do as a young woman busy with raising her family. You know, you couldn't do these things to sort of help yourself or to make yourself feel better. So you begin to really seeing it from the other side and seeing the positive, you know, in a loved one who goes through it. And it doesn't necessarily mean not everybody survives. And unfortunately, people die from their diseases. But, but the quality of the survival and the quality of the recovery can really be improved um, with with Reiki and other modalities like that. It's, it's usually important. The other thing I want to say is about this whole opioid epidemic now, yes. which of course everybody's you know very concerned about. It's a huge problem, and you know a lot of it is related to to use of pain medication and opioids after surgery. So we really have to look for modalities, Reiki and other modalities that really can help patients not need narcotics, reduce their pain. And I think a lot of pain is related to anxiety and inadequate preparation, you know, for, for surgery. So we think that's going to be a pretty big outcome potentially, you know, from our research, if we can demonstrate that Reiki is really effective in reducing the need for, 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 for narcotics, that will be another reason that it will really help advance. Yeah, that will be huge because, yeah, it just – like you said, the epidemic of how people get addicted and, and 
that is a whole other nightmare that just happens after that. So, but go ahead, Raven. Uh, well, I, I also I feel that um, if the research does does prove that um, the the pain is reduced, it's going to save the insurance companies a lot of money, because the opiate crisis is costing billions. The, uh, the insurance companies are paying billions. I have some research on this. I'm putting it in my book. But um, and then uh, there are like 365 million is being paid out out of pocket um, by patients, and a lot of it is for their children. You know, it's just out of control. Everything's out of control with the opiates. For for their treatment, you mean? Well, um, yeah. Um, for the I, substance, uh, for the drug addiction? Well, yeah. Treatment. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, yeah, it destroys so many lives. It's really sad. So, yeah, that would be amazing to be able to end that and, and definitely reduce, even maybe if they didn't need opioids, but maybe something that would be a, a lower grade pain medication or whatever. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes so we will take another break and when we come back we will round off this segment with some more information about what um, what all goes into medical reiki and maybe a little bit a touch on what specifically the research is going to be looking like so that would be interesting and how close are you to uh, uh, getting the research started Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Insight's Dramatic Weight Loss Coaching Program is a transformational program healing you from the inside out so you can finally achieve your healthy weight for good by resolving the underlying reason why you've been holding on to the weight. The program features nine transformational individual sessions. You'll rebuild gut health and reduce inflammation. It's not a diet. Instead, you'll learn how to make peace with food and develop clean eating as a lifestyle. Visit InsightsCounselingCenter.com to find out more. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. You are listening to Shift Happens with Karin Weary. Do you have a question or comment about today's program? If so, we'd love to hear from you. Call in to the live show at 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. Or send an email to W at insightscounselingcenter.com. Remember that Karin is spelled K-A-R-I-N. Now, back to Shift Happens. All right, and we are back with Dr. Feldman, and 
and um, Raven Keys, who are both a part of the Medical Reiki Works organization. And it is, I'm really excited about being able to talk more about this because this is something that is really powerful in being able to change um, the how patients go through some really difficult uh, medical procedures, um, surgery, and, and so on, and um, and really get into the place where we can get some research to back up what uh, what people have seen in their practice, and be able to hopefully get insurance companies on board to be able to pay for the Reiki for the patients who opt to have that as part of their treatment. So now, uh, Dr. Feldman, you said that um, that Medical Reiki Works has been uh, going on for about three years, right? That's when you started it? And yeah, well, you know, it's been evolving as an, as an organization. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think, you know, tremendous work that Raven and, and her team has been doing really in training um, Reiki practitioners to work in the medical environment. But very, very critical to the mission is designing a clinical trial, which we think will really objectively evaluate the potential benefits of, of medical Reiki. So, um, you know, in the short, um, we're looking at really comparing the medical Reiki intervention to a group of patients, and they'll be randomized to either usual care or receiving medical Reiki. And we'll measure outcomes in terms of pain, stress levels, and as we talked about earlier, basically patient satisfaction and patient-reported outcomes, what the experience was like for them. You know, we're spending, I mean, these kind of studies are very, very difficult to get traditional funding for. Mm. Um, we're not selling a drug, so there won't be a drug company that will be sponsoring it. We don't have a device that can be, you know, that can be uh, funded, you know, by a manufacturer that's trying to get FDA approval for their device, and that's the way a lot of things get funded, you know, in medicine. Um, so, you know, we're trying, we're really fundraising, you know, to do that. And, you know, even even studies like this uh, are pretty expensive to do because we want to have enough patients that we can have statistically valid results. We want to measure enough objective uh, factors like, you know, cortisol levels, stress indicators, you know, have the appropriate patient questionnaires. And it has to be really scientifically tight. So we have a, a fantastic team of uh, researchers who are really helping uh, with this work. Really, and so we're spending our time crafting the protocol because it has to be perfect. Hmm. Um, because regardless of the outcome of the results, it will be very, very, very intensely scrutinized. You know, by either believers or non-believers or just people who are scientists. Yeah. Um, so there's no point in doing a study that's going to come out, you know, and really give kind of wishy-washy results that are not really scientifically validated. And then we've all kind of, you know, wasted our time and wasted people's money. So, um, so we really ask people to support, you know, go to the website, Medical Reiki Works, and really help us uh, support this research. Um, you know, on on the on the uh, on the doctor side of things. Certainly, you know, I'm, we don't need funding from for my salary or for any of the work that I do. It's really for the Reiki practitioners, and it's really for the Institutional Review Board and all of the, by the statisticians 
you know, all, and some of the some of the lab tests that we'll do in terms of uh, cortisol levels, you know, things that we really need. So we're we're trying to be very very um, diligent and frugal about the plan, but we want it to be adequately funded that we can really come up with results that would be uh, significant and meaningful. So yeah. that's my pitch um, for people to donate yeah. to this effort. Absolutely. Yes. And so currently you're in the stages of putting together what all pieces need to be to make this airtight. <laughs> we're designing the protocol. Uh, even, you know, we're, we've been talking recently, um, even, even the, the language that the practitioners are using and, and you know, it has to be standardized. Mm-hmm. It has to be standardized. It can't be that, you know, one patient experiences Reiki in a different way than another patient. And it's not really, they're both getting Reiki, but it's not really the same Reiki. So that's not so easy. And, and Raven and her team are really, are really helping. And we have a great psycho-oncologist who runs our integrative program here, Dr. Allison Modell. And so she's really a very important part of this. So the Reiki team is working with Dr. Modell to really uh, to craft this. And Dr. Modell is a very successful uh, investigator, researcher, has gotten a lot of NIH funding for a lot of her work. So, you know, we have, we have the right team. Yeah. To you know, finish our development and get the project going, and you know we are incrementally moving it along as we have funds to do it. So, the more quickly funds come in, the more quickly we can get the get the project started and completed. <laughs> yeah, that's exciting. Can I just say one thing? It's, this is really important that I say this. Um, yes. That I founded Medical Reiki Works. Uh-huh but I don't run it at all. Like it's run by a board of directors. I really have nothing to do with the running of the company, mm-hmm. although I am an advisor to the board. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, and, and it started much because of your work and Dr. Film, I believe you were the one that was saying, that told Raven that we need to make this official, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, but Raven's been great. And you know, it is important, as she said, to be, that she has to be at arm's length in terms of these kind of efforts because, you know, we don't want any, any potential criticisms related to conflict of interest. I mean, we really just want to get the work done and really do the study and, and really be able to help patients in, 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 a, in, a, in a different way. Yeah. Well, the thing is, Dr. Feldman, that you and I are the ones who have done this, you know, like we've been together, like who else is going to do it? It's, it's it's not a conflict of interest in the big picture, but right, we right. be clear about what the parameters are that the whole medical yeah. exists in. But who else do you, you know? It's like we know what to do together. It's like not hard at all for us to just right. get in there and do it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the other thing that I'd like to say yeah. too is mm-hmm. that. It's been the reason to make a profession out of this has come out of the work that I've done with Dr. Feldman. It's been a great honor for him to send patients to me on the day of their diagnosis. They call me up and they start coming and get to get Reiki. And then to see somebody all the way through, like from from the diagnosis and then go to their chemotherapy and their surgery and their, you know, take care of them off afterward, it's it's phenomenal. It really is. It's like the most incredible thing. Um, and I feel that that's a really important aspect of it. Mm, yeah, 
Actually, it's funny you mentioned that because I was going to ask, do you, are there people who choose to just do Reiki during surgery as opposed to before or you know, like do they pick which part they want or do most people just go from diagnosis to when they're cleared? Oh, I would say it depends on the person. Yeah. And- on the situation and then medicine in the time that I've been working with Dr. Um, Feldman I've noticed that things have shifted like um, uh, it's possible that somebody might call me it's happened more than once how many times a lot of times somebody calls or um, like I find out that they are going to have surgery tomorrow mm. you know and so then you go to meet them and that's how it goes and Sometimes people don't want to think about it, so maybe they don't want to see me because I'm, like, too connected to that whole event. Right. It just depends. It's, some people want you there for a long time, so it's, like, about being sensitive to their needs. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and so do you generally see a difference in what their um, surgery is like in post-surgery? Do, do you see... Maybe that there's they fare better when they go from beginning to end, or I mean, that's another research project. Yeah, exactly. Feldman, you might have more to say about that than I do. I mean, you know, I'm there. It's a little hard to see the forest for the trees sometimes, like what right. the I, mean, I think the preparation is is very very important. Um, and I have had some patients who really could not even do a face to face with Raven, and just have had phone conversations. And that that's been very helpful. Hmm. Um, but I think patients who can go who can really experience the whole process from preoperative preparation, you know, to Reiki during surgery and after really seem to do the best. Um, but it's a challenge because the patients are, you know, I'm selecting patients who I think are good candidates. What's going to be really interesting in our trial because we'll be able to offer it to all patients. And you know, where I am now in, in Montefiore in the Bronx. We have a very large underserved population, you know, a lot of indigent patients mm-hmm. and a lot of patients who may not necessarily, you know, resonate with this idea or maybe they've never heard of Reiki, right? Mm-hmm. So right. a lot of patients that I would present it to are patients who I kind of get the sense of sort of integratively oriented or a little holistically oriented. So I think it will be really, in a way, almost better science to be able to introduce Reiki as an option for patients who are very naive to this whole mind-body, new age kind of approach. Yeah. So I think that will be really, really, really interesting. Yeah. So I think there are cultural factors and individual patient factors, belief systems. I've had some patients who were very, felt very uh, worried about the idea of Reiki, that it was some kind of like devil worship or, you know, who are... Uh, maybe religious, you know, more Christian, who, like, I started talking to them about it, and it was like, uh, I definitely don't want that, you know. So, you know, people are tricky, right? They're <laughs> more complicated. Um, so that that's why I think it will be interesting to be able to, to really objectively evaluate uh, Reiki in, a, in, a, in a, a very heterogeneous population group. Yes. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Yeah, I've heard a couple of people who had that same kind of reaction to Reiki that they, you know, like you said, it's like, oh, yeah, I, I'm Christian. And that's, I don't know what that is. You know, that's scary. <laughs> right, right, right. And, you know, you have to respect it. I mean, Absolutely. 
<laughs> yeah. So Raven, what what has your experience been with with that? You just when you when you experience somebody who has that kind of uh, reaction, what what do you do? What's your? Well, uh, usually they're not with me. Yeah. <laughs> That kind of reaction, they would never come to me. Right. Yeah. That's that, you know. Yeah, I've but just met more like in in public, and they obviously wouldn't come to seek you out, but it would meant more in public, you know. So if they were, you I, know, I, you experience yeah. that. I don't really have that experience. The yeah. way I live my life right now, it's like I'm with doctors, you know, or I'm I'm with Reiki practitioners, yeah. I'm with Reiki masters, I'm with <laughs> literary agents, right. like all on the same team. Yeah. We're all heading towards something. So I'm not really dealing with people that don't yeah. get yeah. it. You know, my friends are all healers. Uh, so many of them are have taken their training from me they've they're now medical reiki masters they're yeah so that, yeah. that's how I, live. I i don't have to think about um the yeah. only time i might ever come in contact with anybody who wonders about me is would be in the operating room actually when they don't like <laughs> Dr. was saying before right. it's like what is she doing i've had yeah. people ask me a few questions at times that are like pretty funny <laughs> yeah, I know. We had that little bit of conversation about that last time. Yeah. Well, uh, we are getting ready to wrap up for today. And I want to thank you so, so very much, both of you, Dr. Feldman and Raven Keys, for coming on here and sharing this very important work that you're doing. And I'm honored that you took the time. And I want to let everybody know what you're doing so we can help you get on with this research. Thank you so much for tuning in to Shift Happens. Please join host Karin Weary and her guest co-host for another edition of our program next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We wish you continued success as you discover the true you.